the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan. Let's go the distance by keeping our distance. Nissan, innovation that excites. All right, well, we're going to go to uh, down to earth with uh, Dr. Cara Gustenberg, and we're going to talk about hemp. And don't ask me what it is. I've never seen it or heard of it. Uh, a rumour has it uh, that it's a class A drug that she wants to bring into the country. We will come to that momentarily, but I have to ask you, because in the moment of the programme for government and the Green Party and so on, as, as a kind of professional academic environmentalist, what's your assessment of the environmental credentials of it? Well, Ivan, when you compare it to the program for government that came out in 2016, it is absolutely a game changer. I mean, in 2016, there were about 10 pages of the 160-page document that referred to in the environment, and it was in support of more liquid natural gas infrastructure and in support of more oil and gas exploration. And now we see a complete reversal of some of those those issues. And, you know, the, the there are problems. Obviously, no, no negotiation is going to go perfectly. But I would say overall, the, the emphasis on carbon budgets and 7% emissions reductions a year will be quite transformative and will change every sector. So in general, I'm positive. I have some concerns about agriculture in particular and biodiversity, but on transport and on energy and, and fossil fuel use, uh, I'm much more positive. And tell me, do you know how many members the Green Party have? And, you know, it, it just say like in the parliamentary party, people abstain. Is it two thirds of the membership or two thirds of the people who actually vote? It, well, they have 3,500 members, and my understanding is all members have the right to vote, and two-thirds of the voters will have to, of the uh, voters. Have to pass this. Of those, yes. So if, for example, uh, 2,000 only go vote, then it's two-thirds of 2,000. It's not two-thirds of 3,500. Yes, yes okay. that's my understanding. Or, or, and, and your feeling is that when we spoke previously was that it, it, it probably would go through? Is that your view now that you've seen the document? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always said that I don't think that uh, Green Party members are single issue members, and I know that there are some disappointments. There, there are some things that are that are missing from this that I know they're they're disappointed about. But I think on the whole, they they they're the type of people that have always been wanting system change. And I think certainly in the areas of transport and in uh, energy retrofit, uh, there is clear system change here. And carbon budgets will will force every sector to do their part to address climate change. So uh, I think they'll look at it as a whole. And even though they might be disappointed with some issues, uh, my, my guess is a majority of them will, will vote to approve this. OK, now, one of the things that's uh, lesser uh, recognised or talked about in the programme is the commitment to, and I quote, investigate the potential for growing fibre crops such as hemp. And that, that's what, we were, what we're going to talk about now. Uh, first of all, wh- what is hemp? Well, well, I you you say you don't know anything about it, Ivan, but I presume you know that that hemp is a plant that that is used for for growing marijuana or cannabis. Uh, and so, usually, when we see the word hemp, that most of us think marijuana. And uh, it's interesting that 
this isn't the first time we, we've heard hemp proposed as a solution to, to environmental issues in Ireland and particularly to agricultural issues. So it came up in November uh, when the Youth Assembly on Climate met in the Dáil and they recommended uh, 10 things to address climate change that the government should do to address climate change. And even I was a bit surprised to see the investment in, in hemp processing facilities as one of their recommendations. Uh, and it definitely made me think, oh, I better have a look at why they're proposing hemp as a solution for climate action. And then Deputy Martin Hayden uh, asked the Minister for Agriculture in November 2019 what he would be doing to, to try and incentivize more hemp production in Ireland. And a, a little bit dismissed, actually, by Creed, Minister Creed, who, who said that there was an oversupply of the product in, in the European market. So uh, now it's back on the table as part of the program for government. They've said that they're going to investigate the potential for growing fiber crops such as hemp. So I have been doing a little digging into what we might be able to use hemp for other than uh, what some people expect, which is which is to take it as a as an illegal drug. And 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 what are what are the 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 the, the possible byproducts from hemp? Well, apparently there's 50,000 products that are even more than that that can be used from hemp. And it's one of the earliest crops that, that humans have actually been growing. So even in, in Taiwan, they used to use it uh, even as far back as 8000 BC to, to make hemp cord for pottery. But uh, now more recently, it's used as a, as a health oil. Some people may have heard of uh, CBD oil, which is, which is a product that's very popular now for various uh, health claims. Um, it's used in cosmetics, paints, lubricants, uh, protein powders. So a lot of vegans, that's how I first started using hemp seeds as a protein supplement when I was uh, doing my Veganuary experiment. Uh, and then it's also used in the construction industry now uh, as, a, as a building material for houses. So a lot of different options. It's not the same plant that we know of associated with the drug. It's uh, It doesn't have that compound in it that causes that high. So uh, in that case, it's allowed to be grown with a permit, uh, provided it's not the Illicit version of the hemp plant. So, so what is the international experience of this? Yeah, uh, so it's interesting that it was even grown in Ireland um, and, until the, maybe the the sixties when it became associated with this idea of, of drug use and and around the world it was it was grown uh, quite extensively and then of course we we became you know fearful of it being used for the wrong reasons and 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 production really dropped but China has been the global leader in in hemp production the whole time so they uh, use it as a as a food so it's a snack and they use the oil. And in fact, after World War II, it was hemp that was credited with saving many people in, in northern China from starving. Uh, and then they also use it for fiber and, and other types of products. And they export about 40% of their hemp to other parts of the world for, for similar use. But uh, Canada would be second in terms of production. They, they produce a lot. And the U.S. now, because they've relaxed some of their rules on, on uh, growing hemp, they've now become the, the third biggest producer of hemp products so, or, or of, of the hemp crop for various products. So it depends on what you're using it for as to how you how you deal with it. But I think in, in Ireland now we're seeing a, a big interest in CBD oil. Uh, so there is a facility in Roscommon that's now manufacturing CBD oil as a, a novel food with potential uh, health effects. And, uh, and we're also seeing houses. The first time I, I came into contact with this idea was a visit to Clock Jordan Eco Village where I saw a house that was built out of hemp. 
hemp uh, and you can use hemp there. You can use the woody core of the plant and mix it with lime and water and use it very similar to concrete, uh, but it's much more airtight. So it's considered a really good building material and, of course, a very sustainable building material because it's so easy to grow. Uh, it grows very tall, does it? Yeah, and, and actually in, in Ireland in the 1960s, uh, they, they were growing it in, in Kerry as an experiment. Uh, and they said it, people, passersby were really surprised because it looked like this kind of bamboo field, something you'd expect in Southeast Asia, not in, in the lovely fields of, of Kerry. And uh, very tall, very resistant. So one of the really nice things about it is it doesn't require a lot of inputs. It doesn't require pesticides because it is so tall and so hardy that it can kind of fend off all of these pests itself. So uh, real potential. And, and that also means that it's a, a kind of a low carbon crop and that it tends to absorb a lot of carbon. Uh, it doesn't release carbon like we know that our that our grass some of our gra- grasslands do. Um, so it's potentially a more sustainable option for us if we're looking for ways to reduce emissions from Irish agriculture. All our tillage crops, whether they're winter barley or wheat or oats or spring, you know, uh, have a cycle of of the harvest in the summer. It, it, when do you plant it and when do you harvest it? Yeah, it's planted in the spring, just like like most crops, and and they say it it needs a pH of around uh, six. So a grassland needs a, a pH or a soil pH of around six point three. So it's kind of similar to that. So you know it should do really well. I mean, I, those of us who have made the mistake of planting bamboo in our gardens uh, now know how difficult it is to control. And I and I think that uh, hemp is similar in terms of its its uh, progressiveness and uh, and it grows very very quickly. So there's been a lot of research uh, at Chagas since the 1960s absolutely saying that that this crop can go really well in in Irish soil and and climactic conditions and could be ideal for farmers that are looking for alternative sources of income, um, you know, due to financial issues in their own sector. So some some farmers are actually just diversifying into it uh, on a portion of their farm rather than completely converting. Is Is it actually profitable? Well, that is the question, and and I think that's why Minister Creed kind of dismissed uh, dismissed it in the doll last year and said that it wasn't profitable, that there's been an oversupply in Europe. But at the same time, we're seeing that in Ireland there are, uh, for example, industrial hemp processors who want to make CBD oil or want to make what they call hempcrete, which is like con- an alternative to concrete, uh, and they're saying they can't get Irish products, so they want to create an all-Irish product, but unless they have Irish farmers growing hemp, they won't be able to do that. So they are offering contracts to farmers now to try and uh, incentivize more Irish production of hemp. So it's perfectly legal, even though it's a class A drug. <laughs> it's a different type of plant. So it's uh, legal if you have a license. So you have to prove that the particular plants that you're using have less than, I think it's 2% of, of the compound that gives a high. So this particular type of hemp won't give anyone a high if they decide to, to smoke it. Uh, but it is licensed uh, by the Irish government and, and monitored to make sure that it's not being uh, used for those purposes. There's not the type of plant that could be used for those purposes. So it... it, it, it... The, the, the reason why the environmentalists are so keen on it because it's like forestry, it, it, it decarbonizes, does it? 
Yeah, and I think, you know, the program for government was quite disappointing with respect to agriculture and that it didn't talk about diversifying and it didn't talk about, uh, you know, moving away from the intensification of, of dairy in particular. Uh, but it did mention things like horticulture and wanting to support horticulture more, wanting to support organics more. And hemp was specifically mentioned as something that the government would be looking into to see if they could create a market or a product for that. So I think when we're looking for ways to move out of of uh, high carbon activities like the, the dairy industry, um, looking at these kind of alternative products uh, is, is a potential way of doing that. So, so that's, uh, that's the plan now. It looks like we're going to be doing some research into hemp in Ireland. So it's basically over to Chagask and this association at this stage. It looks like it. Now, Chagas has already had one conference on this issue last year uh, and, and, you know, lots of pleas from industrial hemp processors looking for farmers to get into this space. So I, I think there's there's already some interest in it. Minister Creed at the time had said this should all be industry led and it shouldn't be supported by government. But now that it's in the program for government, I wonder if there will be some engagement uh, by the government in trying to support uh, this industry a little bit more. And, you know, ultimately it would reduce emissions from Irish agriculture if we saw a bit more of this kind of diversification in the sector. All right. The argument in favour of uh, hemp production in this country on a proper level of scale put forward by our resident environmentalist, Dr. Cara Gustenberg, who is saying it's better to be on the inside urinating out than on the outside urinating in as regards the programme for government. Uh, as always, our thanks to Dr. Cara Gustenberg. The Hard Shoulder on News Talk with Nissan. Together, let's play our part by staying apart. Nissan, innovation that excites.